This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Bing bong, it's your boy, Mr. Adam Max. You're listening to the Pursuit Podcast on the Auto Collective. That's my Bill Burr impression. I hope you liked it. Anyway, we've got a fantastic show for you. Before we get into the show, got to give a shout out to a couple of my sponsors. My first sponsor this week. Maybe an announcement for me. Sorry for that impression. I'm I'm leaving it, but I'm going to apologize for it. Uh, my first sponsor this week, a bit of an announcement maybe. I've been, I've been sneaking in hints, but let's make it official. Uh, I am officially a Fisher athlete. Boots, skis, one-way poles. I'm on, and I couldn't be more excited. Uh, I've been kind of keeping it a secret for the summer. I've been dropping hints. I've been doing a couple ads, but nothing official, uh, and it's officially official. Go to fishersports.com. Check out their all-new Ranger series. I will be exclusively on the 102 and the 108 this year, Ranger 102-108. I will be in the Ranger 130 boot. I just got my new boot. I put it on. I'm actually getting excited about ski season. And this episode's actually about skiing. So it's going to be a really fun episode. Go to fishersports.com. They have so many things on the website. It's super organized. It's actually a fun website to just peruse and see what they have. Different colors, different boots, great videos. Uh, you can see Kyle Smain in all those videos explaining what the skis do and how they're supposed to work and why they designed them the way they did. So again, go to fishersports.com. Go on Fisher's Instagram feed and say, welcome at Mr. Adam X to the team or some, I don't know. Let me Make me feel cool. Do that for me. All right. All right. My next sponsor this week, um, a new sponsor, Gravity Grabber, gravitygrabber.com. It's a way to hold your skis. So like I know most of you listening have your ski chalets, have your mud rooms, and the skis are just piled in a corner. Go to gravitygrabber.com. Check them out. These things hold your skis. They hold your poles. They do it really easy. One hand loading, one hand unloading, and they hold the skis at the contact point. So there's no, you're not, the long-term storage is not going to be a problem for the skis. Uh, check them out, gravitygrabber.com. Get yourself a six-pack. Use code out of bounds. We're saving you a bunch of money, like 40 bucks on these things. Uh, I don't know what the percentage is, because why would I know? Go to gravitygrabber.com. Buy yourself a six-pack. It's 200 bucks minus another 40 with the code. We're basically giving them away. Free shipping in the lower 48 states. Again, I like these things work so well. Gravitygrabber.com. Get yourself some ski holders because they work and it's actually a legitimate storage solution. Also, you can hold like a broom and a shovel. But everyone should have a thousand of these everywhere. You can just hold everything. You put your arm in there, you're going to do it. The second you buy them, you're going to do it. You're going to put your arm in there. So just get it out of the way. Uh, gravitygrabber.com. Use code out of bounds. Now for my episode this week, CJ from Telecolo, I call it Tele Colorado, Telemark Colorado, uh, their Instagram handle is at Telecolo, there might be an underscore in there, I'll put it in the show notes, but we talk about Telemark skiing, it's one of my favorite subjects to talk about because I'm a recovering Telemark skier, I've switched to Alpine, and I don't think I'll go back 
but it's it's like a cult. Uh, people love this sport, and CJ found a passion through it via skateboarding, and I kind of throw some shots at it, obviously playing devil's advocate, and CJ takes them all with stride. It's just a really con- fun conversation to get us amped on skiing and telemark skiing and sliding on snow and snowboarding. So before you guys get your 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 pitchforks out, and I know it's Halloween's coming, but like we're just skiing. We're having fun. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and I hope you have as much fun as I did with it. CJ, thank you for being a good sport. Thanks for having an intelligent conversation about telemark. That's what we need. Uh, we need heroes like you to just talk about telemark skiing and not... I get it. It's an old joke, but it's fun, and that's what it's supposed to be. So, CJ, thank you for your time. He pronounces his last name, so I don't have to. Uh, follow Telly Colo. Buy a koozie from them. Buy a t-shirt from them. I will leave their website in the show notes. And really, just oh yeah, just support your friends. Also, tell Mark stupid. And with that, here's the episode. All right, Adam, let's do it. Um, my name's CJ Kocha or Kosia or Kochi, depending on if you ask an actual real Italian person or my mom or <laughs> my dad. Uh, we all say it differently. But anyways, I'm 34. I'm currently living in Summit County, Colorado, originally from the the snow mecca of New Smyrna Beach, Florida. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a skateboarder at heart, but I think more importantly, for the sake of this conversation, I'm a telemark skier. I'm a televangelist, a low budget kind of flavor flavor hype man for the uh, free heel turn. And uh, yeah, Adam, thanks for <laughs> having me here. I'm stoked to talk bullshit about telly. I'm so excited to just hate on telemark for the next hour and have every telemark skier just be really mad at me. So this is really fun. I wish I could say that's changing the pace of my normal day in life. So uh, yeah, let's let's do this thing. First, let's talk about... Um, I call it Tele Colorado. You do not. Um, but let's talk about that because I think that's important to kind of define who you are so everyone knows like who, why you have any, I don't know, validity in this space, right? Sure. Uh, validity is a, a kind word. I'm definitely here in some shape and form, whether it's valid or not, I guess is up to everyone to, to figure out. But that's very sweet of you. Um, yeah, so myself and my friends, Brian Strickland, who was a skateboard friend I met when I moved to Colorado, as well as Eric Jensen, um, we started this Telemark project called originally Telemark Colorado. And actually, I think this season's going to be our fourth or fifth season for it. Um, and this project really kind of had no basis, had no goals or projections or concepts. You know, we didn't create it because we wanted to be telemark influencers or valid in the tele space or anything. I mean, quite frankly, telemark had given us a lot for me personally, it kind of revamped my love for being in the mountains, being on snow. I'm a recovering snowboarder that was starting to go maybe once or twice a season. And my first year in telemark, I think I went like 46 days or so, you know, it was absolutely a horrible season in terms of I've never been asked so many times, like, if I'm okay, I've never broken so many poles. I've never been so sore before. Um, but something about that was really amazing to me and gave a lot to me. So creating Telemark Colorado was kind of, you know, this thing where it's like, I don't know what we want to do or what we're going to do, but we feel like we need to do something to, to give back to it. Um, you know, you say Tele Colorado. I think a lot of people call it that we've, uh, 
this year kind of gone through a renaming of Telecolo. Kind of the the original logo that I drew up is just this hand drawn little logo, and it's always been Telecolo. And we swapped it this year to to try to you know it, it keeps our our roots in the fact that we started in Colorado and everything else. But I think this project now is really grown up and we can talk about the details of it obviously but it's really grown up to be more than just you know in the colorado space we're trying to make this much more about telemark in general than just what we're doing in our in our little square state here do you consider it a brand a movement what is the i'm i'm just assuming there's not a bit a written business plan here but (laughs) yeah that's uh that's an incredibly safe assumption for sure, especially considering, you know, we started this an Instagram account. And I think the, the first thing we made was a koozie just because, you know, we liked having koozies in our pockets and, and everything. But um, I typically refer to it as a project. You know, it's a it's an idea and an experiment and trying to kind of expose Telemark to more than just the people that kind of live in this room that have already been telling for 20 or 30 years, you know. So it's really an experiment and trying to really see what we can get away with telemark through doing competitions and meetups you know we we just released that we're starting a team today uh which is incredibly exciting and doing these film tours and everything else so um you know i've struggled before i'm thinking you know like is this kind of gearing towards a lifestyle brand but i i just that's never really felt comfortable to me so i just tend to to call it a project and see if people agree or disagree and if they don't that's fine i mean people tend to disagree with telemark anyway so like i said it's it's, it's nothing new here it's 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 an interesting sport thing along with skiing and snowboarding i just group it like it's just like sledding with style kind of like it's like it doesn't people are so proud of what they do on snow like I'm a skier or I'm a snowboarder or I'm a telemark right. skier. And to me, it's so funny to me that anyone cares. Like, I don't care what you are. Just go <laughs> like, we're taking the same chairlift and we're going to go have fun. Like that. I don't know. I think they're all tools and I think they all have their place. Like there is no better feeling in the world. And I will argue this to anybody, but like a snowboard is the proper tool for untouched powder. Like steep, untouched powder, a big, goofy snowboard, there's no better tool. It's the greatest tool on the planet for that. You have one board, one shape, like a big swallowtail, huge nose. That's the correct tool for the job. Whether or not you love that to use that tool, not here to argue that. That's the right tool for the job. And then like boilerplate BS East Coast skiing, (laughs) two edges are better than one. A harder, stiffer boot is better than one, like, or better than a soft boot. Like, that's a fact. That's a better tool. And then there's a telemark. (laughs) I don't think that tool is good for anything other than just having a riot. Like, it's not the, it's not the superior product. See, you, you've actually wonderfully fed into my typical pitch of telemark skiing, by laying out that you think snowboarding is the right tool. Um, you know, I, I grew up skateboarding. Oh, I, I grew up skateboarding. I grew up surfing. So I started snowboarding when I got to the snowy lands of Colorado because it it just made sense. What telemark skiing is, I consider to be really just two toe side turns. And when you really like 
tighten up those legs together and you extend that edge, it's kind of like you're on this giant ass snowboard with this long effective edge, just surfing out this really epic toe side turn. Um, and you get the added benefit that it isn't just a giant pain in the ass to go through the lift line to unload and everything else. I mean, I remember my first day on teleskis, um, we're at the base, we're at Copper Mountain, American Eagle lift is opening. It's opening day on a blue, which is something I had written so many times before it to the point where, you know, it felt like it was flat and I get on these skis and Brian's on skis with me. He was the one that introduced me to telly and he just starts to skate towards the lift. I'm like, sick. That looks super easy. Immediately twisted my legs together, fell over, got on the lift, fell over again. But on that second run, all of a sudden hit me. I'm like, I can just walk on these things. You know, I'm not trying to do the little back step, like, push skateboard thing on the snowboard like even though i'm having such a hard time and everyone's wondering if like someone has forced me beyond my will to be here like it it still felt like it made more sense than navigating on a snowboard and i i maybe no apologies to people on snowboards i actually give you a lot of respect for dealing with that bullshit all the time but yeah i mean it, to me it's the best of both worlds because you get that surfy toe side turn but you get the the much easier kind of navigation on the mountain through the lift line in the backcountry, everything else. Plus, you just frankly look cooler too, which is kind of a nice thing on the mountain as well. Might as well just get that out there. We we're gonna get there anyway, so let's just do it. <laughs> I like that. I guess we should kind of backtrack. I have to assume everyone listening sure. knows what telemark skiing is, but like define telemark skiing for someone who doesn't know it. Like, okay, let me ask you this. Describe telemark skiing to someone from another planet. <laughs> Do I need to use a different language? Are we assuming that the different... No, they speak speaks? perfect uh, English. Oh, okay, perfect. Well, there's this thing in this world that exists called just skiing, where these people ride on these two planks and they've got their foot just kind of fastened to it, both the toe and the heel, and they kind of shimmy around. They'll get hot chocolate at the end of the day and they think it's all well and good. But what little people know is that this actually originally came from something that was much more about travel and transportation. You know, the original form of skiing wasn't about getting on a lift chair because it didn't exist. It was about traveling from one location to the other. And the way you do that is walking, which is kind of a pain in the ass if your foot stuck to the ground. I mean, imagine if you're going from your living room to the bathroom and you can't lift your heel up, right? It's just super awkward. It's really funky. It's not a great way to go to the bathroom, especially if you have to do it in a hurry. Um, telemark skiing is that original form where your toe is locked into some sort of piece of equipment, whether it's a set of pins or a toe cage or something else, but the heel's able to lift. So essentially when you're doing those turns instead of standing, you're making these nice little bit knee lunges and everything else kind of offering this additional degree of freedom um and i i don't is that was i assuming too much of the aliens on that i feel like i don't know i never <laughs> met them either <laughs> I, I i mean the simplest form for anyone who doesn't know uh which i think most people my audience understands what telemark skiing is but your toe is locked and your heel is not and it's just a really burly cross-country setup in the in the simplest yeah. form like right like it's um there's a lunch there's a bunch of companies that make you know plat well not a lot anymore but there's some hard plastic boots you have actual ankle support um and it's like a you literally lunge down the hill that's the best way to kind of describe it and my question is why 
And, and I, I will come back because I'm going to come back to the why. And I think the whole podcast here is going to be the question of, you know, why and everything else. But, um, you know, I think a big thing, too, is actually challenging calling it just a backcountry setup or a burly backcountry setup. Because, yeah, I did get it's kind of that is its kind of origination, right, is the backcountry travel or wherever you're at. Um, a real high point in Telemark was when Alpine skiers were looking for these lighter setups, more reliable setups to travel, you know, outside of the lift. So they used it for backcountry. Um, but now, you know, I don't, I don't know if that many people are using it for backcountry. So I do consider it like a, a, a front end kind of like resort vehicle as well. You know, it's just an uh, incredibly different type of turn. Um, and for me, why I do it, you know, it, one, it was, it was something interesting and foreign to me, just like the aliens, you know, I was very curious about it coming from coming from snowboarding and having a buddy that did this weird ass thing where like your heel lifts up and you do these lunges. It's something I had never really noticed before. So it's just sincere curiosity. Um, two, it started to get really fun. Like I said, it felt like the snowboard turn. So it felt super surfy, felt really fun. And three was the, the freaking community, man, for, for telemark skiing was amazing. Um, you know, everyone has this really cool story or at least really interesting story. Maybe not all of the stories are incredibly radical or anything like that, but everyone has this story that they're willing to share. Um, and to me, that's really interesting and human to talk to people that want to share how they got into this thing versus, you know, semi shit on Alpine or snowboarding or whatever. If you, or sitting in a lift line and you talk to someone that has an alpine setup or a snowboard setup and you ask them hey man like what you know hey man or girl or whatever like why are you on that alpine setup what you got you there and they might say well i didn't want to snowboard and that's the end of the conversation so kind of that that passion and the community and the interest and the challenge and everything really got me into it um and i think the the last thing really is just like it's a really unique way to to travel the mountains, whether whether the mountains for you are, you know, the park or a groomer or the trees or the backcountry or whatever. It's very unique and interesting. And it is like a little bit of peacocking on the mountain as well. And in this weird like influencer content creation, like let me be noticed sort of world, like whether it's conscious or subconscious, like that does feed into it. I mean, telemark skiers are pretty pretty cocky, unique people, you know, that, that enjoy standing out. They like to know, they like for you to know that they tally. And I, I think that's absolutely amazing and not shameful whatsoever either. I love that answer. Um, I want to touch on, let me think of how you said it. Um, Telemark was thought of as a back, a way to get into the back country for a while. Yeah. And I couldn't, and I agree with you a hundred percent, but now I think that's, and you you did agree you did say this, but like I agree with you, like it's it's not the answer for backcountry anymore. Um, it's heavier now because Alpine touring has come so far, and Telemark hasn't. I mean, we have the links; it's great, it's lighter, it's a nicer binding, awesome. But like our boots weigh a ton. There's hints of a Telemark touring boot. It exists. I know for a fact it exists. Why don't you think it's come out yet? Or why don't you think, do you think we need a backcountry touring telemark boot? Because I think we do. Like that, 
partly why I switched from telemark skiing back to Alpine is because the gear has gone so like Alpine touring gear has come so far that I can have a boot that articulates 70 degrees of cuff articulation and I can do these long tours on lighter setups. And for a 200 pound guy, that's important to me. (laughs) Right. I mean, actually I, I totally disagree with you in that it isn't the right backcountry vehicle. Um, to me, Telemark skiing is the right backcountry vehicle if you want to make the Telemark turn, right? Like I'm a lot of people, and that's the thing is a lot of people look at Telemark as this kind of uphill transportation sort of mechanism. And that, I, I think that was the motivation when it really was hitting its peak. Um, but there's a lot of people that truly love the downhill aspect of that turn, right? They don't just use it because they can go uphill that was the case, then you wouldn't see anybody at the resort using it. Right. Cause then you're just, you have that additional degree of freedom and you're making it quote unquote harder for yourself. Um, in terms of the, the boot thing, I'm probably going to piss people off with this one, but like, you know what I want a new boot? I just want a new colorway. That's all I want. You know, we've been looking at like the neon Denver Broncos blue and orange on the, on the pros for so long. Um, to me, like, I think just a colorway would be sick in terms of weight. Like if I'm going in the backcountry or going uphill, I know that I have way more problems stacked on my back than just the weight of my boot that's going against me. Right. I'm probably carrying a shit ton of camera gear. I've probably got a couple of beers in my bag, so that's extra weight. So it's like, I'm not going to be walking around with the beers and complaining about how my boots are light. You know, it's the same thing. Like I'm on, you know, on my hardtail or something and it's an aluminum frame and I'm bitching about how it should be carbon, but then I'm carrying, you know, two beers in the bag or a bunch of food or whatever, you know, like I, but that does seem to be the thing is everyone wants this Alpine touring type telemark boot. And I think that motivation is from the fact that every single ski season, we see it on the racks, right? We see this new special lightweight AT Scarpa boot or something like that. So I think there is a bit of a, I don't think jealousy is the word, but just kind of a, a bum out to see all this innovation and lightweight hitting the shelves for Alpine, but it's still not making it to telemark. And, you know, I think there's issues with just the amount of money that's coming into it, how companies see it as a line item and the motivation and everything else. Right. Cause I mean, these, these companies are here to make money. Right. And if they're looking at Telemark, my guess is that they're not at the top of the sheet on their kind of end of year line items and and everything else. So I, I think that's the unfortunate part. But, yeah, there is there is the 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 whispers and the murmurs that it is happening, which which is exciting. And I think that's kind of holding people on deck here. Allegedly, they were announcing it in September, but it's September 26th <laughs> and we don't have it. So uh, it's purple. It exists. It's a different color. Um Welcome to intermission, folks. Uh, you know that sound, Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada Hop Splash. Go to the fridge, get yourself one. If you're not driving, or if you are driving, go to the supermarket, get yourself some Sierra Nevada, put it in a cooler, drive home, sit on the couch, open up a cold Sierra Nevada, enjoy it, and re- listen to the rest of this episode. Uh, but for real, go to SierraNevada.com, check out everything they have to offer. They're really like the original microbrew, the original independent craft beer. These guys have been doing it a long time, since 1980. That's actually older than me, and most of you guys know I'm a fossil. 
there's so many great offerings. I love the Sierra Nevada Hop Splash, as many of you guys know. Go to their website. They have a beer finder. Find the one that's right for you. It tells you all about like the tastes and the nodes and the smells and the hops and the hoops and the do's and the do's and the don'ts. Uh, it really just helps hone in what beer is perfect for you. So go to SierraNevada.com. Use their beer finder. Go to Whole Foods. Buy yourself some Hop Splash. Okay, friends, we've got one more read before we get into the the finishing notes of this episode with CJ. So I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. But before we get back into that episode, I want to give a shout out and a thank you to my friends over at Rumpel, R-U-M-P-L dot com. They have everything from blankets to mats to towels to gears, collabs with all your favorite NFL teams. I want to tell you guys about the waterproof mat. It goes everywhere and fits into a little stuff sack. So like I know it's Subaru season, it's fall, it's mud season, lay the everywhere blanket down. You can get dressed on it. Your feet don't touch the ground. It's waterproof. It's got a little membrane. It's so good. So even in the winter with your ski boots, again, go to rumple.com, get an everywhere mat. And while you're at it, grab a blanket. And I promise you, you will fall in love with this blanket. It won't just be like your camping blanket. It'll be the blanket that you're snuggled up on the couch watching the Bills game, booing the Patriots, whatever you like to do on your Sundays. This blanket will follow you everywhere. It's made of those same tech materials that you're used to in all your ski gear, and they've translated it into a blanket. It's the original puffy blanket. Again, go to rumple.com, use code OUTABOUNDS, Weatherproof, all-season blankets, everywhere, Matt. They make blankets for your beer. I mean, right now, it's not about keeping the beers cold. It's not about keeping your Sierra Nevadas cold. It's about keeping your hands warm. So, again, go to rumple.com, get yourself some goodies, use code out of bounds, save yourselves a couple bucks, and let's get right back into this episode. I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this question. One, I think, I think this isn't even a way of asking a question. This is just a statement. Telemark skiers are killing Telemark. And let me explain why. (laughs) This is my hot take. Because every, okay, Telemark is dead. That's like the slogan. And like some people get really mad about it. And some people think it's funny. And like you guys have a slogan that Alpine is dead, which I love. Um, Telemark is killing. I know there for one second though. So people know. So the, the whole telemark is dead thing, right. Came from a powder mag article. Some God, I have no idea how many years ago that was just the side note. Powder magazine is no longer around anymore. <laughs> okay. You can return now, Adam. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I love that. That's telemark skiers biggest flex that we lasted longer than the, than print. <laughs> like we're battling it, print magazines. That's our flex. Like <laughs> all of print is dead, but telemark's holding on by a thread. no, Telemark is dead, and here's why. And I blame every Telemark skier on this planet Earth because you guys, I'm going to say you guys, you're not consumers. You need to consume in order for this product to work. And when you go on the forums, and I'll give you plenty of time for a rebuttal here, but when you go on the forums, (laughs) there's all these old crotchety dudes who are like, 75 is the answer, or I'm only skiing leathers, and blah, 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 which is all great. But if you don't consume, the the companies aren't going to put money into it. And if the companies don't put money into it, we're never going to have new products. So, like, if they come out with a new boot or 22 Designs comes out with a new binding or Bishop comes out with a new binding, Telemark Skiers, you have to buy it. 
buy in to what you believe in. And I don't think they do. And I think they're slowly killing their own sport. Even if you don't think you're going to ever, like, I really like the way the Bishop skis. I think it skis mm-hmm. better than the 22 designs. That's my hot take. I really think, I would never think it does just based on how it looks, but it skis right. very fluid. That's my thing. But like me as a Telemark guy, as a consumer, I'm not even a Telemark skier anymore. If Scarpa comes out with a boot, I will buy it because I want it to live and you need to support it. And I think Telemark skiers are killing their own sport by being crunchy, crotchety, uh, old, weird, young, weird guys, girls. However you identify, you're all Telemark skiers and you don't spend enough money in your own sport. I so much want to fight you on this but i i actually 100 percent agree um i completely agree with it because i mean the the r d and the development of new product that's based on being provided money in that space to be motivated to continue to do that you know if i made like a God, if i made a shirt because that's generally what i'm doing on the merch side of things and no one buys it i'm not gonna go and pay to make a thousand more of those shirts right there there's no motivation for me there um and i totally agree you know last year i was helping out with with bishop doing demo programs throughout colorado and elsewhere and we get these cases where you know some nondescripts you know older school kind of telemark person would come up ask about the binding ask about how it works because it's very interesting and it's very weird looking compared to like a g3 targa or something like that and you go through this this time like explaining what it does and the benefits and everything else and then this also goes for you know a 22 designs binding or or anything that's new and then they just end with well you know i've been writing these for about 25 years so i'm not planning on on changing it cuz i like these and then they walk away and that's that's an incredibly unfortunate thing for you know whatever you want to consider the the telemark industries you do have this generation of people that learned on their gear and you've also got some people that don't consider for example swapping from 75 mil to ntn to even be telemark anymore i mean you have people that when there started to be plastic boots didn't even consider that to be telemark anymore it had to be you know the old leather boot that barely came up over your ankle and everything else so that's a huge problem and actually when we started telecalo we released this article um that was titled uh what if they're right and it's you know it's identifying you know, what if they're right that telemark is dead? And it was essentially kind of this call to action of like, look, you can't sit here and bitch that you haven't seen a new boot in 20 years when you haven't bought a new binding in also 20 years, you know? And that's one thing we've tried to do with our project is to try to um, try to bring this industry, you know, bring 22 designs and bring Bishop into the events that we're doing. And those events are kind of gauged more towards like a younger generation that aren't stuck with these old habits of being on, older cable bindings or something else, they might be more intrigued by, you know, technology and innovation. And they might have, you know, tele parents that are willing to pay for that for them, or they might grow up, get their own income and start to pay for it and throw that money back into the telemark industry. So we can kind of get a revival. So yeah, unfortunately, I incredibly agree with you. And that's what we're trying to fight is to, it's like, you know what, I don't think we're going to change that. I think that's, that's just how it is. You know, the, the people that, are interested in buying a new binding 
that's just how it's going to be. And I'm not sure, you know, maybe if a releasable binding came out, that would change their mind or something. And that's the whole elephant in the room with bindings, right? But um, I think we have to look towards a newer generation and a younger generation and bring those people into it that don't have these old habits and let them kind of explore and be scientific with, you know, telemark itself to try to, to try to revive it. Yeah. And I think you guys are doing a good job on just the whole thing to me with telemark, why I got into telemark besides the uphill part is there's this guy at our local resort. His name's Mike P people listening will know who he is. Big fish, small pond, love the guy to death. Um, <laughs> rips like just does not he takes the ballet out of he takes the elegance out of telemark skiing and i mean that in the best way possible like hard <laughs> like well like you think telemark skiing or at least i think most people do or maybe i did it's like very like calculated beautiful just like oh like it's it's an art right. it's a dance and then you see these new school guys on ntns and bigger rigs and big skis and it's powerful it's mean it's angry they're hitting yeah. rails they're hitting jumps fast and, and like, loose baby <laughs> it wasn't right but it wasn't you know like it was never oh well you're on telemark and he's like who cares like i'll hit that rail i'll hit that jump i'll hit like i'll ski that tree line it doesn't matter and that helped me so much because that's why I wanted to get into it at the time. Like, and then it becomes that peacocking. Like I can hit this rail. I can land switch off this rail. I can land a five. Like I can do a nine on telemark. Like you can do all those things. It's just fucking harder, <laughs> but yeah, like the new sure. gear allows you to do that. And so that was like shedding light on it. I think is what I'm trying to say. And uh, a little segue into your film tour but you have three films coming out that I think are going. I watched the the um, what are those called? Trailers. Yes. <laughs> that and uh, but I think it's going to help shed light on the new school generation that should be spending money to get into this gear, um, and it doesn't have to be this dainty thing. It doesn't have to be this fragile little like dance down the hill. It still can be, but like right, it can be very anything you can do. I can do better or. Like, and it's, I don't know. It's interesting. So like, let's talk about the film tour. What does it look like? How many stops? Where do the three films come from? Yeah. Um, so the film tour starts October 14th, I believe. If anyone wants to check out the info, they can go to telecalo.ski and then go through the appropriate tabs and all that fun crap to, to figure out the dates. But we'll be starting in Denver for our world premiere. And then we'll be hitting a couple other cities in Colorado uh, Minturn, Telluride, we'll be doing a Steamboat one and then a Breckenridge one. Um, we'll shoot over to Utah for a few stops, get through Idaho, uh, Montana and Washington, and also hoping to shoot out east towards Burlington and uh, go over to Duluth as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you kind of nailed it. I mean, well, actually, you did nail it kind of was not the appropriate word, but um, orange and maybe not in that's life to me offers this really nice cross section as to what I guess one, what telemark is for the people that are in the films, but two, and I think more importantly, what telemark could be to either the people that are already on telegear or are, you know, interested by it or actually don't give a shit about it and just happen to see the films and maybe think like, Oh, I didn't realize that was the thing happening. Um, so I guess to, to go more specific, orange is a film 
that's documenting essentially a, just a, a three to four day trip with the Bishop team from the end of last year in March over in Silverton, Colorado. So it really captures kind of what I think a lot of people look at with telemark skiing, which is backcountry and uphill travel and pal turns, even though we were kind of fighting pretty crappy conditions during that time, which is the motivation for the title orange. Um, you know, one, obviously it's a, it's a clean reference to, to Bishop's branding, but two, it's also a reference to the avalanche conditions that were existing at that time. Um, you know, the end of March in Silverton, usually you get that greenlit miracle March and you're just stoked to hit all these lines. And, uh, that unfortunately that wasn't the case at all. So, you know, it really went from like, oh, this is going to be this epic pal trip film to like a story about friends that know each other through Telemark and being on the team, exploring the backcountry zones in a safe way and still having an absolute blast, which to me personally, for especially when trying to expose it to people that aren't familiar with Telemark, I think it's more important to show how much fun you can be having, do, you know, you can have doing it with friends and everything else versus like this shot that you're just like, none of this registers to me whatsoever. Um, then we're doing maybe not, which is a, a second film from, and this is the one that triggers a lot of people for, for telemark expectations. Uh, maybe not is a all park film on telemark skis that we filmed over at Woodward copper at copper mountain, obviously. Um, last year we did this and it was called why not, which is an obvious reference to kind of everyone's perception on, you know, why in the hell are you bringing that floppy binding into the park? And, you know, one, you can say why not, and that's the whole title. And it's actually ruined the phrase why not for me pretty aggressively. <laughs> but um, the bigger thing is like we show up in the park because we're telemark skiers and we have the gear on because we're telemark skiers, you know, and that's why we have the gear. And but we also like park. That's what it is. You know, there's no complicated answer. There's no showboat answer there, although. Side note, for all the kind of Alpine park kids that are listening to this, which I'm sure there are a lot of them, if you want to get the most notice in the park, just put on some Telemark gear and everyone's going to notice you and they're going to have no expectations of you. So you'll be like the hottest shit ever. I mean, there's times where I think like I'll roll through just kind of warming up and just do, you know, like a slide on a tube and people are just, you know, their mind is absolutely blown. So it's a uh, it, the the low expectations is is pretty hilarious you know um but yes yeah, so it's an all telemark park film again it's a, a big group of friends that got together we flew them out here um a lot of them are going to be on the or are on the tc team which is super fun so um that'll be the second one and uh the third one is called that's life which is um which is documenting taylor Hinnom, who's this 20 year old Telemark Phenom, who I don't even know where in the country he is right now. He got into kayaking, which is terrifying to me because that kid has no no regard for like questions or safety. He just sends it. You know, this kid is naturally meant to just be sending everything. Um, so it documents his season through, you know, skiing in the backcountry in Utah and everything else. And the that's life comes from the fact that, you know, we go into these seasons and we have these expectations of, we're going to get these good segments or we're going to hit these lines or we're going to learn these tricks, but whether it's bad snow conditions or injuries or anything like that, unfortunately it hits us sometimes in some seasons and we have to react to that. And it was very similar with him where, you know, the, the snow wasn't great over there. He ended up having a few injuries and got a surgery at the end of the season. So this film also too really progress, uh, really kind of evolved from 
this is going to be this rad Taylor segment to what is still a rad Taylor segment, but it turned into what do you do when these conditions happen? You know, you, you look more towards fun in the resorts and fun with your friends and building backcountry booters with your buddies and everything else. So um, to me, that one's like the sweetest, most friendly, but still incredibly rad film. So it's, it's been a lot of pressure for me to, to be working and editing that. Cause I understand, you know, Taylor's personality and how much energy he brings and how friendly and stoked he is for just absolutely everybody. So I want to make sure that's, <laughs> that's conveyed in the film too. Why don't, why do you think mainstream media doesn't care about telemark? Like why isn't, why aren't there telemark segments in a Warren Miller film? And that might be the one where there actually are a couple, um, but a level one film, a matchstick film, I think they, I think they actually care. And, and maybe that's me living in this telemark vacuum and I'm just trying to convince myself, but I think people do care, you know, like I've been, I've been throwing all these trailers on new schoolers and stuff, which is obviously predominantly a, an Alpine heavy park, heavy freestyle, heavy sort of, you know, venue. Um, but people are loving the trailers and they're stoked to see it. And entourage has a new film coming out with, um, Elijah, who's a telemark skier, who's also going to be on the TC team. And, you know, you feed through the comments and you see people just like, can't wait for the telly part. People are stoked. But the, I think the C of the available telly bodies, you know, to do these film segments are either one not known or they're not available. You know, like if you're doing a Warren Miller segment, you know, you can go to Oh God, K2 or Mata Fisher, whatever, who are, I guess whoever's sponsoring the film at the time or whatever kind of pool they're, they're pulling those athletes from. It's very obvious where to find those. You know, it's kind of like going into a mall or going into like the resort in Mexico and you know there's going to be restaurants there versus like getting an Airbnb across the highway and you're not quite sure where you can get like the safe food from, you know? Great analogy. Uh, so, so like I, I, I think there is interest there. And I think if, these bigger companies and production companies saw kind of the level of some of these tele skiers. And, you know, obviously I have to mention Ty Dayberry in this, this conversation too, who's been a, a tele legend, backcountry park, everything for longer than I even knew what telemark skiing was, then I, I think it would be incorporated more, but I don't know, tell me I'm wrong. Cause maybe I'm just talking out of my ass here, but I, I think there is an interest here and I think people would love to see it. I think there's an interest for the people, but I don't understand or I don't think that there's like how why hasn't Ty Dayberry been in an MSP film, a level one film like that? And he's gone pretty backcountry now, which like I don't blame him because it's more fun. But like some of his rail segments out of uh, where is he? Sierra, Sierra Tahoe. Yeah. were like. Like that is pure pure rail control like i can slide a rail on tellies and like get my heel up and if you freeze the frame at the proper point like (laughs) it's up like nice instagram post (laughs) yeah like i've got it but like he has it um yeah and he had it eight years ago when that one like there's one segment where he slides a rail and like he is so up on his tips on a rail like not a box like it's he's nose pressing telemark skis eight years ago how did that i think if they cared they would have called him to film i think people saw it i don't know i don't 
That that's a tough one. And maybe that, you know, that's a great question for Ty as much as I, I want to speculate on that. And I think you're you're referencing if people look up uh, the film reflections on Vimeo, um, you'll see exactly what what Adam's talking about here, which is just absolutely bonkers tele skiing. And the same goes for like Dylan Gardner, um, who is probably got the the laziest stance in the most positive way where he would just sit on those skis and just be fully double flexed on, you know, C boxes, rails, everything else. Um, you know, I don't I don't know with that, you know, like he was he was in a lot of the the lipstick films movies when Josh Madsen was doing those and and everything else. And I I really <laughs> I don't know why why there hasn't been a, a call to tie and maybe there has, you know, but regardless of why that hasn't happened, I would love to change it where it does start to happen, you know, or at least kind of build these groms into it where all of a sudden you see this bigger wave. I mean, we had a, uh, there was a, a tele um, big mountain comp over at Wolf Creek last year and seeing all these little kids, I mean, eight year olds, 10 year olds that were just ripping, you know, these cliffs and really crap conditions gave me a lot of optimism that I think we're a few years away from, a huge crew of really, you know, gnarly telemark shredders coming out and maybe it'll be the power of numbers that kind of awakens these companies and, and gains that interest again. And, you know, two, maybe it's because these companies look at telemark skiers and, you know, a binding company is not going to see a, an Alpine binding company is not going to see a benefit from having a tele skier on there. Right. Um, uh, maybe whatever sponsor it is, isn't sponsoring that tele skier. I'm, you know, I, I'm not sure how it goes into the business side, but maybe there isn't a benefit to them to bring a tele skier in, or they just assume it's going to slow everybody down, which I totally disagree with. <laughs> yeah, I disagree with that. It's just, yeah. it just seems so bizarre. It's very, and obviously I've been playing a little bit devil's advocate all day, sure. but like it's like, it's skiing, snowboarding and telemark skiing. And it's like, right. how is this not like, and I, when I was a telemark skier, like full blown telemark skier, like my goal was to break that stigma as far as I'm not slower than you. Like, oh, it's yeah, not like it, I'm not um, I'm not the world's greatest telemark skier, but like I can ski like I can telemark ski very well or I could. I don't know. I don't have any leg muscle anymore because I've switched <laughs> to Alpine, but like or like I can hit that rail. And it is funny. You say like the flex of like you can literally just hit a box and people are like amped that you did it on oh, yeah. telemark skis and you're like it's it's not that much different it is but it's not once you get it it's it makes sense um but yeah I, I always think like the times i've been in the park you know i've had people who i consider like my urban ski heroes which everyone kind of tends to concentrate at woodward copper and i, I live over at copper so i'm around there all the time like I've, I've had them freak out where i just slide a rail or something and i always think to myself like Keep on loving it, man, because I would suck just as hard if I was on Alpine, but you don't know that, you know, and it's it's beautiful, but yeah, it's um, hilarious. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's but there, there's real people in the telemark scene right now that I think could make a real. I mean, if you look at future free yield too from Ty last year, that that segment, any of those three segments within that film, I think personally would fit in any of the films that came out last year, whether it's Matchstick or TGR, anything like that. And nobody would have thought that was the intermission. You know, no one would have thought, okay, this is like we threw a bone to a tele skier. Like that is a very real ski segment, regardless of what those bindings do underneath his feet, you know? Yeah, just so there's no answer. It just doesn't, it never made sense to me. Uh, and I will sympathize with the telemark skier. Like it's, 
it's not an intermission. This is like someone who's very good at what they do. And they don't, it's weird that commercially it doesn't get a shot. It doesn't get that segment. It doesn't get, and it does, but only in like these little avenues, like right. without you guys and without Josh, like no one gives a shit. And it's really and weird because it's arguably harder. It's yeah. And it's, it's something that we're not going to, we as in whether it's like us at TC or the telepopulation or whatever, this obviously isn't something that's going to change quickly. Right. I mean, you got to play the long game on it, but to me, like telemarks years used to be in segments. They used to be in sweetgrass segments all the time. Obviously there's the powder horse segments and everything else. I, I think there is a space that exists in the future where it's going to come back again, but you have to build up that kind of revival in that talent and that knowledge and that exposure before it gets there. Cause if not, you just have to be that loud telemark skier that just says like, Hey, I'm a telly skier. Why don't you put me in that segment? And then they're like, just F you dude. Like, I don't need someone else telling me that you telly and you just get thrown off. But, um, you know, I, I really hope that between like putting this team together, not only one, are we starting to provide opportunities for the, the people that are a part of it, but two, like the younger generation gets to look through telly and, you know, they're going to see, the 22 design site, they're going to see the Bishop site. They'll see the free Hill life site and they'll see the TC site and going to the TC site. They'll see like, Oh, there's, there's like a team here that's doing stuff and filming segments and they're doing it. Like there's something existing here in the telly space that might be welcoming to them or motivating to them. So it brings them in. And then we just start to pile up more and more, you know, like we got to get people drinking the punch <laughs> at some point. It's just figuring out like what the best flavor is. Right. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, I hate to say incentives, but, like, it's something to work for. Like, some kid maybe yeah. sees you guys building a team and is like, I'm going to be on that team. Um, oh, for sure. You know, and, like, it's funny how we we need that and we crave that. But also validation comes with, like, okay, there's a, there's a Telemark team now. And now maybe that whole team gets a ski sponsor. You know, you guys work that partnership. Right. And then, and, like, it's – it is interesting how it like it obviously goes in ebbs and flows and it's just it's weird to me that like mainstream hopped on early you know we had k2 telemark skis we you know blah 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 but then it just like gone so then it, again it brings me back to like our telemark skiers consumers which leads to me to my next question <laughs> do you think we should continue to support and create 75 mil duck bill boots bindings this is like a hot question but oh for sure i think me i'll give my opinion i think if we kill it it'll help the growth and maybe i'm wrong but like if you keep holding on to like like ford isn't creating a 92 ford tempo anymore like <laughs> they've moved on they've moved on so and like not everyone was excited about it in the beginning but like you have to like with such a small core audience, I think you have to create new things and move forward. And Telemark keeps looking back, and I think that hurts it. Yeah, I think all the, the boot opinions you're getting out of me is just I'm watching my subscribers and followers just drop very actively. Um, I think it's a good thing, too. I totally agree. I think in a world or in this Telemark space where there's already such high opinions about things and, you know, you have these boots that incentivize a product that isn't really being made anymore. You know, I mean, Bishop has the 75 mil capable binding 
22 designs is still making the vice obviously so those that's 75 mil capable as well um i think it kind of stalls everybody out so the industry seeing that like people aren't leaving 75 i think just to pull them off the shelves is is positive because i think we all need a standard format here to agree on before we move forward because it's so small already if you start to split the cells it's even smaller so yeah i i i think it's incredibly positive you know i think the the uproar was was pretty funny i'm someone that swapped from 75 to ntn like four or five years ago and kind of hated the first couple of days and now i could never imagine going back i mean it's it's so much more responsive and capable for kind of that all mountain ride of riding park or bumps or going off cliffs or being aggressive and fast and loose or or whatever so i'm i'm all for it let's let's keep pulling them off the shelves you know they're still going to get bought people are still going to hold on to them i'm sure they'll pop up on ebay for like fifteen hundred dollars here in a couple of years you know i'm sure someone's still holding on to like a black diamond stock that's just really gonna go up but um take them off let's get us all into like the same house a little bit and then kind of be stronger in this group and then we go from there right i i mean i agree um like i said if if scarpa comes out with a new boot i'll buy it just to support just i might right. ski it eight times this year i don't care i'll buy it um that's just me but like i the only thing I don't have anymore is like a true, a plastic 75. I have my leather and lace. Love it. Yep. I'll keep it. I'll pull it out twice a year. If I'm lucky, I'll get my ass kicked. Um, <laughs> and I love it. It's there's a place for that, but that place is to tell me how far this sport has come. Right. It's this, it's the same thing as people pulling out their straight skis to go, you know, their 200 Tua's to go smash bumps in the spring on like an old yeah. scary binding that like, those spring rates don't hold anymore. You know, like it's fun. You bring them out, but like you're still skiing on the new stuff. So I think, right. I think with Telemark, um, I've worked at the city garage for years. I still do some dabbling there when I can, but like we've pretty much stopped selling 75 because we made the conscious decision to like, we can't, we can't support all these things. Like just us as a yeah. small retailer, like we have a, box of g3 bindings that there's probably 20 pairs of g3s and parts and springs and different heel cups for different size boots and like at one point we have to be like let it go just let it go and like you know and it comes down back to like evolve or die and like i think i truly believe telemark is at a point that if we don't evolve the companies are going to die Scarpa will still exist, but maybe a Scarpa boot won't exist. And, you know, those companies like 22 Designs and Bishop, like, those guys aren't driving Teslas around and, like, living. Like, they're busting their ass to keep this thing alive. So I think we need to put all our eggs in one basket and support them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough for those companies, too, and from the re- retail perspective, right, is to be making these two things all the time to make everybody happy versus if everyone gets into this one NTN space, then they can focus on that one NTN binding or, you know, they'll have like a front end binding and a backcountry binding or something like that. But then they can focus, at least in my opinion, more resources onto that binding itself versus handling you know, this NTN on the left side, this 75 on the right side, but now they want a backcountry for the 75 and they want a backcountry with pins for the NTN over here. 
Um, so I, I think that helps those companies. You know, I'm, I'm speaking with absolutely no knowledge, right? It's just pure speculation over here. And, I, you know, I would agree with you too. I would imagine it's hard for retail spaces um, when they only have a limited space to provide telegear to be accommodating four different versions of the binding because everyone wants this particular one, you know, versus here's the tele binding for this type of technology. We're able to do more companies versus one company with four of their different types of ones because you all have different opinions. So um, I, I think it would make it at least more focused um, for both the companies and the retailers as well. Yeah, I think it would just it would jumpstart the you know, engineering process, they can focus on yeah. other things. Like there's, there's a reason that marker has 15 different bindings because people are buying them. Like, yeah. And yeah, they have sure. time <laughs> and money to like put into that. And telemark's a little different, obviously like, you know, we don't have din settings. So you have a large and a small, you know, kind of one size fits most. And like, but I see, you know, people want, they don't, NTN doesn't recreate the 75 mil or the leather feel. It's like, well, if we had multiple offerings in a boot and you just make a, a 90 flex telemark boot, now you have a really soft flex and you can, you can help recreate that. But that only comes with engineering. That only comes with time and money being like literally injected into the sport. Yeah. I think 22 designs and Bishop has done a good job at making kind of realizing that that's not happening with the boots. So trying to take that responsibility on with their own bindings, you know, for the, for like the outlaw X, right. It's got two springs where you can pull out that interior spring, kind of soften it up. Then you have that detail adjustment on it for Bishop. You can swap out to like the softy springs and really unload that detailed adjustment. So like, I think they've recognized that and try to accommodate the fact that people might be coming from a 75, which is pretty loose and are terrified by this, like, mean rugged stiff ntn thing so they're saying look like we've made it where we've softened it up for you or you can soften it up for yourself so that it is like not so shocking to the system to to move over to this you know so i think i, I think it's really cool that 22 designs and, and bishop has looked at that and they're trying to do what they can to to accommodate you know everyone's opinions on how a telemark turn should feel or how that flex should feel you know it's Everyone's going to argue about the difference between, you know, where that pivot point is from like a 75 to an NTN and, you know, how stiff versus non-stiff it is. But I mean, it's still a friggin' telly turn, right? And you, you get used to it and you learn what pros come out of that new binding. It's just, you gotta, you gotta open your, you gotta free your mind, man. And just like, <laughs> and just try out the new stuff, support the companies, you know, support bishop and 22 and freehill life that are making stuff and truly doing things for the tele industry where that money goes back in and supports telemark right like it it's it's a tough thing and i i think you can you can bark at people all day but like i said i mean i think getting this younger generation into it that don't have a preconceived notion or or feel is is maybe maybe the cheater way around it and i'm very unicorns and rainbows about life too so maybe it's just me thinking like Oh yeah, we get these kids in and we'll be ready to go. And maybe retailers are just like, you're you have no idea what you're talking about. But um I, I think for me with this Telecolo project, like why not at least try, right? To to try to shift people, get more people into it, and just hope that eventually that that positively impacts the industry, you know, whether it's a binding company or it motivates a boot company or 
a film production company or or anything else you know who knows it's it's worth trying <laughs> yeah if we're gonna fail let's fail while trying um not yeah, saying exactly. we're gonna fail, fail with but... a few shirts and twosies <laughs> and film tours and meetups and everything else yeah why do you think telemark skiers care so much like if i if i like i'm doing telemark tuesdays i'm trying to do it every tuesday from now till spring i'll just make a shitty meme shit on telemark skiing and like (laughs) it is like someone sends out a bat signal and they are like pissed like i get dms i get like fuck yous and like i love it because i'm in on the joke that apparently they are not in on right but like why and you are representing every telemark skier on the planet earth right now so choose your words wise no but like absolutely i've already blown it anyways in my opinion so let's do this (laughs) i just don't understand why they care so much and i'm not going to name names but there's been like big names in like telemark that have like, and I'm like, guys, girls, we're just having fun. It's almost right. like gatekeeping, but opposite. Yeah, it's um, I've, I guess my analogy for it is like, if you have this really hardcore like sandwich spot that you love, and someone says like, oh, those sandwiches aren't that good. Like the place down the street is way better. Odds are that's going to turn into like an hour long fight about which like Philly cheesesteak is better or whatever. Right. Versus if you don't like if you just happen to walk into a sandwich place because you're hungry and someone says like, oh, this kind of sucks. You probably don't care as much. Right. You just showed up there to eat. And I think that's kind of what's going on with at least snow sports in terms of like what avenue you can go. Because let's say you've never been on snow before and you go to a resort um, or you go to a shop to do a demo or a rental question is going to be, are you on a snowboard or are you on skis? Not, are you on Alpine skis or tele skis? It's just, are you on the one plank thing or the two plank thing, you know, and that's it. And you kind of start your snow career with that in mind. You either snowboard or you ski for telemark skiers. I don't think a lot of people accidentally fall into that. I think they've made this really conscious decision to do it for whatever reason. For me, I wasn't snowboarding that much anymore. And I had a good skateboard friend that was teleskiing. And I thought it would be incredibly fun to kind of quote unquote, learn how to Ollie again, like go out on the mountain and be just the most giant gaper and try to learn something new and and see what I can do with it and put myself into that position. So to me, I hold Telemark really dear to my heart because of that experience and that motivation. And I think a lot of other people have that same sort of story or exposure to telemark skiing or upbringing where, you know, maybe they had their first kid and all of a sudden they're like, oh man, like alpining feels really boring. I'm going to be on greens. And while my son or daughter learns to ski, I'm going to switch to telly. That's a really cool moment. That is kind of like the joke as to how a lot of people get into telly skiing, but it is a pretty badass moment. Right. And all these people have these special experiences that brought them into Telemark um, that they hold dear, where I think if you say shit about it, they are going to be pretty pissed off about it, you know, and upset because it's something that's very important to them instead of a sport that, you know, maybe they just kind of fell into without like this real motivation or desire. And that, you know, that doesn't say that people that Alpine ski or snowboard don't love it. I mean, there's plenty of people that absolutely love it and do big things, but I would say that, there's a higher population of telemark skiers that have this big story or motivation as to how they got into it 
versus, you know, Alpine or snowboard, which might be you just picked between, you know, the number one and number two. And I'm sure I'm going to get some bad DMs from from that comment as well. But that, that's how I truly feel is that if you care about something, you're going to react if someone doesn't care about it or actively makes a comment against it, you know? Yeah, it's just it's always funny and it's always interesting. And I think you handled it properly. Um, <laughs> but like Patty wrote a patio. What's his last name? Patio. Patty O'Connell. Patty O'Connell. Yeah. Patty O'Connell wrote a thing. And like the telemark skiers like awoke and they were like, like genuinely like mad at him. And it's like, guys, like one, he did better for telemark than most people have in the last five years because he put a yeah. little article out and it got more traction more. And like, oh, yeah. I just think it's all dumb. Snowboarding's dumb. <laughs> Skiing's dumb. Telemark skiing's dumb. Sledding's dumb. Mountain biking's dumb. But like, it's fun. It's really yeah. fun. And that's all we're having. Um, and it's just, it's funny how they come out of the woodwork sometimes. And now I've seen a lot of these Telemark skiers stealing my memes, but not giving me credit for it. I'm like, yeah, see, you know, it's funny. But you don't want everyone to be mad. Like, it's like, let's just have fun with it. And, like, yeah, it's just skiing. I don't care what I call skiing. Snowboarding is skiing. Skiing is skiing. Telemark skiing is skiing. It's privileged. We're extremely fortunate to be able to do it. We spend thousands of dollars every year to just slide down snow with some sort of style, art, creation. It doesn't, you know, you ask a person who goes out one time a year, or a hundred times a year, if they are a skier, a rider, a telemark, they'll answer yes. So like, it's this weird, we're all doing the same thing. And I don't know why yeah. we care. And I don't know why we all of a sudden can't make fun of telemark. Um, but I'm going to make fun of it forever. Cause it's my favorite <laughs> thing to make fun of. Cause people care. If you guys stop caring, then I will stop making fun of it. Um, and noted a lot of the people arguing with me. And I said this before we started recording, I telemark more than them as right. not a telemark skier. Like I still, and like, again, the second they announce a boot, I'm going to order it. And if right. 22 designs comes out with a binding, I will order it. It can, I'll never mount it. I don't care. I will order it to support that company because I, as an industry, human skier, snowboarder, whatever, want to support my industry. Whether it be, I'm a, I bought a new snowboard last year, new bindings, new boots. I maybe went out six times, which is probably more than most average people get out. I'm fortunate, but like same thing with Telemark, same thing with Alpine. And who knows? I could be a Telemark skier again in two years. It's just an Alpine turn felt really good one day. And I was like, I'm going back and then I'll do it all over again. Cause that's what I like to do but I don't think we should right. care because it's fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I think those sort of reactions too are also a symptom of just the internet and how we navigate and react and everything else. But it, and maybe there is a part where it's like, all right, we've heard that telemark is dead before like a million times. It, it can become an old joke. You know, it's like, if you have a buddy that you go to a party that tells the same joke every time, it's probably not as funny as before. Um, the Patty O'Connell stuff I thought was absolutely hilarious. You know, it was, it was clearly, at least the way I read it, it was clearly a satire, right? Yeah. Um, and like you said, like it, it brought up Telly back in front of everybody. I mean, who knows if that article, someone pulled it up because either someone, you know, reposted it was like, 
look at this effing guy like talking shit about telly and everything they sound like you know what i haven't been on my telly skis in like 10 years and got on it that's positive right because it went out and it reached all these people and you know i i've listened to his podcast and he did like a uh a secondary kind of rebuttal apology whatever you want to call it sort of write up too where he actually got on telly skis and tried it that's positive that means he either you know rented skis maybe borrowed it from a buddy but possibly got into it you know and other people saw it other people read his article i think that's all positive it was it was funny that everyone reacted so harshly to it and it is hilarious to kind of watch it all go down you know there's that um there's that meme where it's like the kid being thrown off the pool deck into like the parents arms or whatever and then underneath is just like the skeleton in the chair at the bottom of the sea and I forgot what the full meme was, but at the bottom, it was just like telly or telemark industry. And like people were freaking out about it. But to me, it's just like, that's funny. And it's a meme that's going to travel. And at least it's bringing up telly, you know, like all press is good press, I suppose. I think it's all fun. And like, like you said, I mean, it's all, it's all snow sliding, right? Like we all have those moments, I think where we're sitting on a chairlift and we look underneath our feet and we just see these like sticks on them. And you're like, I've been just riding up this freaking chair and then just like sliding down at some sort of speed around some amount of people and then going to the bottom and doing it again. Like this is the dumbest thing ever. I've done no nothing positive for anybody, you know, but like, obviously it's positive for you and your mental. Like for me, it's, it's really great to be on skis and it, that's, that's a huge deal, but like it, it exists in this vacuum, right? Like you ride down the hill, you get back up, what happened there it's all stupid but it's fun as hell and that's what makes it amazing so it's like there's no reason to treat it seriously and that's the point of like all of our stupid little drawings and segments and merch and everything too it's not to be this like this is like some hard-ass thing that everyone takes seriously it's like this is just like a fun vibe you know like come be a part of it it's all loose yeah it's i was always like the anti telemark skier that was always my thing even though I telemark skied, like, like I just want shirts that say like I hate telemark while being oh, on yeah. telemark skis. And it's funny how much people care, and it's funny how much people like if you're in the lift line and you are a telemark skier, that person wants to talk to you. And I was like, am the opposite of that. Like, oh shit, there's a telemark skier. I don't want to get on a lift with this guy because we're just going to talk about these stupid <laughs> bindings that like I just like to do and I don't really care. So it was like right. really, but it's really interesting. And like, if you're looking for a community within skiing, go find some telemark skiers or just put telemark oh, yeah. skis on and that community will like find you in droves. And like, it is really neat and it's really fun. And I ran into you guys at on world, world telemark day at Eldora. Uh, and yeah. same thing. Like I showed up and like I skied with, a hundred people that I would have never skied with had I not been on telemark. Like it's, it is a community and it's really neat and it's funny that we can't take a joke, but maybe the joke is dead and everyone's just over it. And maybe it's something that someone like Josh has poured his entire life into and just gets shit on. And for lack of a better term, like for in, like it's never going to be relevant enough. And I can see that side of it. Like, that guy yeah. lives telemark like he breathes it like he bleeds it he he breathes it he he is telemark skiing and he's put his heart and soul and the better half of his life into it and like is mainstream success an answer i don't 
think so. I think it's just going to live in this cool little world and it'll continue to like survive and thrive. And the people that know it's like being in an exclusive club that anyone's invited to at any time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think success in telly would be establishing a culture that could be an avenue that people want to chase down. It doesn't, it's no longer like just Alpine or snowboarding. It's Alpine snowboarding or telly skiing, you know, and you can get into telly skiing and all of a sudden you find these teams, like there's the TC team or the Bishop team or the 22 team, or, you know, there's all these pods of little, you know, telly projects that are starting like rise of telly in Washington and um, motor city telly um, over in Detroit and everything. And like, you know, if they, all of a sudden like built up and created their little counterculture personality and made a team. I think that's also positive because it's just like skateboard teams where like you get into it and you either like you feel comfortable and you can relate to the zero team. That's just like skulls and all black and denim and like metal and rock and shit like that. Or the enjoy team, which is like these light oranges and it's all dorky quirky sort of stuff. Like to me, if that, that kind of culture was established and there was at least enough money rolling through it where companies were making a new boot or, you know, for my personal desire, just a new colorway, um, you know, and the bindings, you know, got updated or you would see a new one every so often. Like to me, that's a, that's a big success. And I don't, I don't think that's impossible. It's impossible if you assume that it's not going to happen, but I think it could go there. And that's, that's a success, right? Like just, people stoked having something to relate to and like having fun on these stupid plank skis that don't attach at the heel. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's all I you need for anyone listening, you know, if you're skiing and you're bored or you're snowboarding and you're bored, it's really fun to learn something. And it's really fun yeah. on its simplest form to be humbled. Like I grew up on a small resort and like my first time going down a small hill that I could do a thousand times on my snowboard or alpine skis. I was like a giraffe learning how to walk. And it is like the most <laughs> humbling. It's so cool. And just like that, I think, is the draw um, to anything is just learning and getting better and evolving. Um, and I don't know. I think there are companies and there are shops like we offer demos Um you know, we do, there's lessons at our ski resort. They have actual telemark instructors. There's not a lot, but you can set up a private, you know, they ask, do you want to do Alpine? And then like, we have a program, like if they want to do telemark and they don't have it, they can come in and we can demo. Um, and I think that's how you keep the sport alive and keep it growing. And like you guys do your pop-up events and get people on new equipment. And we do, uh, we call it telly stock, uh, you know, peace, love and telemark skiing. And it's, yeah, it's just a gathering of a bunch of fucking whack jobs and I'm part of it. And it's, <laughs> it's people I see once a year or who might ski the resort once a year. Cause they just go and backcountry ski and they just show up for this day. And, you know, we do a leather and lace now. And at one o'clock we all meet on our old weird stuff and we go do leather and lace. And that's part of the event. Cause now, the new school telemark skiers can see what it used to be. And then when you see those guys skiing these ridiculous lines on, you know, it's like, whoa. And like you blow apart on leather and lace. It doesn't stop you. It's if you miss it, you're gone. It's over. Like it's, right. um, but I think those are what keeps it going. And it is such a community and it is so funny that it's a thing. 
um, that it exists and that people are so proud of it or people, they just feel a certain way about it, whether it's good or bad or it's stupid or it's amazing. It's a very bizarre thing that exists in the outdoor space because it's like everyone has an opinion on telemark skiing. Oh yeah. It's, it's aggressively polarizing. Right. And it, like I said, it goes back to, and maybe a better analogy is like the big argument of what's the correct pizza, like Chicago deep dish or like, like New York style, or apparently every freaking state and city has their own style of pizza now. And everyone wants to argue it till the death of time. Right. But um, I think that that's still conversation though. Right. And that's still, positive to have people either talking shit about it or loving it or reacting or reposting. I mean, to me, that shows obviously, and I, I hate saying it, but it shows that telemark isn't dead. Right. And I, I think Josh always says like the either, you know, the industry has died or the retail space has died. You, you have to quote him on that one, but um, the culture and like the love for it has never died, you know, selfishly for me, I want the culture to expand a bit for, you know, the younger generation to get into it and everything else like we've talked about. But yeah, people are stoked. Like you go to these meetups and they all kind of crawl out of the shadows or from like the backcountry lines or whatever. And they show up and they talk shit and they have fun and they ski together. And that's, I mean, it's, it's wild that like we're on a podcast together now, but we met each other, you know, several years back because of one of these events, right? Like that's, that's something I think is really cool and positive that, anybody whether they've never been on snow before or they alpine ski or snowboard like i think that's pretty enticing and and rad to be a part of yeah it's it is and i think it's as simple as that i think you just put it properly as it's just like it's really neat and i i do think we can save it uh i think we have to kill 75 i think we have to put yeah. money and i think we have to consume and that's my i mean that's my job is to sell things, I guess, as a podcast host and have conversations. But I do think if we truly want things to work, then we have to support them and you have to evolve or die. And I, I think that telemark doesn't need to survive in this little niche market. I think it could be bigger. Uh, I think there are a lot of small resorts that people would love telemark skiing at not saying you can't ski big resorts. Like I've skied Mount Superior on telemark skis. Like it's, fine you can do it if you have the yeah. talent but i think that's the initial appeal is like oh my kids are learning to ski and like yeah that's it's a new challenge for someone who's bored wherever they are uh, and then it becomes a sport a passion but that initial start is like i'm bored maybe and i think you guys companies like telecalo and freehill life are changing that maybe seeing oh shit this kid's hitting a rail or hitting a jump and now it's like oh now this sport is evolving and it's it's always been evolving but we're seeing it now and there's teams that exist and there's companies that are backing it so i think we just need to keep pouring money into it it's really we just have to dump yeah. buckets of money into it <laughs> yeah people buy telly stuff are you riding telly gear go buy more telly stuff you know if you're not riding telly gear become a telly skier for a little bit like i I made my pitch about Alpine Park kids. Like, if you want to be the weird kid and get noticed at the park, put on a telly setup, and everybody's gonna everybody's gonna care, right? Um, snowboarders. It's funny that you said you bought a snowboard. I actually 
um, bought one last year. Again, I, I see just my followers dropping here, but I bought one last year because that's what I used to do. And it's like, you know, I haven't done it in a while and be kind of fun to do it a couple of days. I noticed my switch riding had gotten so much better after being on telly because, you know, I'm, I'm regular footed. So like a right side telly turn is going to be like your regular toe side turn. But then a left side telly turn is going to be like a switch toe side. So, you know, goofy footed stance. I was pretty blown away. So like snowboarders, if you're trying to get better at switch riding, get a telly set up and then go back to snowboarding after like a couple of years and you're just going to be dialed. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I you disagree with me, but I think it's it's all tools for the job and there's multiple ways to get jobs done. And like at the end of the day, it's just fun. Uh, I don't know why we have the stereotype against Telemark. Uh, I've been playing devil's <laughs> advocate all day against it. I love it. I love it's it. jealousy. It's, Let's just be honest. Here. <laughs> it's not to be jealous about. I can do it. I got the gear. I have everything I need. I have this. Oh, I don't know if I have the skill set anymore. That might be the issue. But um, now I do a lot of my touring on a lot of my local touring. I do on a volley setup because I'm only like home resort is 800 foot of vert. So like I got a volley, yeah. whatever that thing is with scales on it. And I have that volley uh, pin binding they have. Cause I can mm. just go run around and do like free refill laps. And then if I go do a big mission where I want something lighter and I care about actual weight, I go to Alpine. It's not a skill yeah. thing. It's not, it's just a preference. Um, right. But I don't know. Uh, I've had you for a bit. Where can people follow you? How can they support Telecalo? How can they find the film tour? Anybody else to sure. thank, do whatever you want to do here. Yeah, yeah. For us, um, our website is telecolo, so T-E-L-E-C-O-L-O dot ski, not dot com, dot ski, um, or telemarkcolorado.com works as well. Um, for the Instagrams, you can go to telemark underscore Colorado. Check us out there. Um, to support us, you know, like show up. You don't have to be a telemark skier to show up to these events, to, you know, buy a shirt, to come to the tour. In fact, like, we don't want this to sit in the vacuum. We want it to be more open and inclusive to everybody and get the whole powwow together. So um, you can check out the tour. Like I said, it's starting October 14th in Denver. We'll be traveling on through the end of October into November and then out elsewhere in December. Um, so yeah, just, you know, support us anyway, whether it's showing, showing up to an event or anything like all that money, whether it's a ticket sale or a t-shirt or something goes back into us creating more films. We're actually, um, I've put together a proposal and an outline to, to do a full length film this year. So I'm hoping we can, we can make that happen. Cause I, I think we're about due for a new full length film and, and telemark skiing. Um, it, it deserves it. You know, I, I think it, it deserves to be in theaters and it deserves to be bigger. Um, big thank you first to the community. Um, we started this project in, 2018, I think we did our first little premiere for Ty Dayberry and Bevan Waits film in 2000, maybe 19 or so. Having no idea how to do a film premiere, having no idea how to throw an event and people showed up and they had a great time. And, you know, that keeps us going, obviously, right? That people are showing up, people are supporting. So I have to thank everybody that's come to any event or bought a shirt or followed us on Instagram or commented, whether it's positive or negative or talking shit or whatever, you know, like, Thank you to all of you people. You might be talking shit to us, but we totally love it. So keep it coming. Um, and also definitely have to thank, um, thank Bishop um, and 22 Designs. They've been helping us too since we, and Flylo as well. They've been helping us and supporting us since we started, um, since we were 
totally unproven, just like sending an email saying, hey, you know, we've got this little Gmail account. And we're trying to throw an event. Can you help us out? Just expecting to be like, who the F are you, dude? Right. And they've always supported us. And, and Josh has always, you know, he's been very helpful to me too. One for what he's done in the past, showing that you can create something in Telemark and two, just for the support that he provided us too. Josh Matson, like I, I can't thank them enough. You know, it's, you, you like to say that you can go it alone, but I think in this community, it really helps when you have friends involved and they've all been friends since the get go. So um, many, many thanks to that. And obviously thanks to you too, for letting me bullshit about Telemark for <laughs> an hour and some change for your followers and, and everything else. I mean, it's, it's all positive. Yeah. And thank you for letting me kind of shit talk Telemark and get the other side of it. And I do it, obviously anyone listening, I'm doing it on purpose. Um, obviously there is like some sort of weird stigma here that exists with Telemark skiing, but at the end of the day, we're just sliding on snow, having fun, and it shouldn't be anything more than that. Um, so thank you for not canceling me yet. Maybe I'll get canceled <laughs> once this goes out. Um, but yeah, thanks for your time. Yeah, no worries. See ya.